back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 517, and we're recording live on Tuesday, May the 18th. Uh, how are you? How, what's what's going on, Abrian? <laughs> I'm good. I am, uh, you know, hanging in there, enjoying my last two weeks here in Atlanta uh, before I head up to the Northeast. Um, so things are a little crazy, you know, getting packed and trying to get rid of stuff. And, um, you know, I'm trying to like Marie Kondo my way through life right now, which is lots of fun. <laughs> uh, I'm finishing out the school year with the kids. So definitely staying busy, but, um, you know, life is good. I mean, we're healthy. Work is good, busy, but, um, I'm ready for, I'm ready for a vacation. Like I'm just ready for some downtime of not doing for a minute. That's what I'm looking forward to. I like that. That sounds good. (laughs) Dream. Um, Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, things are good up here too. The weather's amazing. Like it's, I don't know, like 80 or like, you know, ish and sunshine every day right now, which is uh, unbelievable. So it's like, it's like summer already here which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and my Blue Jays, you know, played your, uh, your Braves there, uh, last week and swept them. So that was kind of fun. Um, so, you know, uh, for you, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. Cause we don't, you know, like it's, you know, American league, national league, we don't, that doesn't happen too often. Right. So it's, it was kind of cool. Um, so that was good. Um, but yeah, things, things are generally okay. And, you know, things are looking up here. Cases are dropping and vaccines are rolling out and, you know, it's all good. Everybody's healthy and safe. So, all right. Well, we have a good show for you this week. We have four stories that as usual that we want to cover off and we have a guest, uh, in the middle of the show. Uh, and so I'll let Abriana start us off. All right. So this is kind of an interesting story, you know, the idea of blending physical and digital has been not anything new, right? We're we're hearing lots of stories like this um, come up, but this is from uh, SK2, I believe is what it's called, but it's a skincare brand uh, from P&G. And they're doing some unique kind of pop-ups and um, some unique offerings that, uh, you know, are mostly in China. But basically, they're leading, leaning into this whole social commerce, gamification, you know, as part of this pop-up that they're doing. And, um, you know, they've done a few different things. So one, they've created this six-part animated uh, series. It's called VS. They actually had, like, their own film studio that, that did this whole, you know, creation. And it's about, um, you know, really, they're, like, sharing this content, kind of, like, superhero-type women. But it's really focused on some Olympians, some that you know, some that I did not know super well, but um, I saw that they had uh, Lou Changas, I think, is an Olympic athlete, as well as Simone Biles was one that obviously I knew with the uh, gymnastics name. And so they have these, you know, interesting type of experiences, like you can imagine yourself, um, you know, like fighting an underwater creature and, and all kinds of things. Um, but it's really, you know, supposed to be helping women, you know, understand that there's like social pressures and how they face them. I guess they're relating to, you know, underwater creatures, social pressures, whatever. <laughs> um, and then they also are centering this around the concept of 
the line is the ride. So I don't really understand this a lot, but the hashtag is change destiny, destiny. That's the, the brand purpose. And they're also using some augmented reality in the store via WeChat uh, has a mini program so they can immerse consumers into the animated series. So like you can go, you can kind of be part of the video, part of the movies, the films, those six. Um, and then another feature that they have, which I think is actually really cool, is they have this personalized skin analysis that's using um, AI and they do this like analysis with the technology. So it uses facial recognition and it can say like, what are the fluctuations in the, in the skin, you know, assess like the stability around the eye area, make recommendations in about three minutes um, without any direct facial contact, which is nice, like no germ sharing or anything. And they can just, you know, uh, I guess recommend or suggest like different, you know, skincare um, items that would be best for where your skin is. Uh, it's called the mini magic scan. And they're doing this as well in Tokyo, Shanghai and Singapore. So, you know, it's interesting. I think the idea of like, first of all, I don't think this works anywhere except where they're doing it, right? This is definitely a very like Asia specific thing to me, the whole gamification, um, just, you know, how the consumers engage in that area and the culture there. This is a perfect fit. It's a lot of fun. And I like that they brought in the Olympic athletes to show like strong women. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything like super mind blowing here about all of these different things that they're doing, but I think they're trying to, you know, try new things, right? They're trying to do the facial recognition. I like this application of it because, you know, you feel comfortable doing it. It's assessing your skin and maybe making recommendations without having to wait, to talk to somebody or, um, you know, have anybody touch your face, which is kind of always weird. Um, so I think it's like, there's some really cool things that they're blending here to create an experience to obviously drive, uh, customers into the store to kind of have that immersion, that, that whole like gamification as well as driving business and, and hopefully sales as they recommend different products through, um, the mini magic scam. So I think it's pretty cool. You know, it's big and splashy. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely big and splashy. Um, I agree with kind of the overall sentiment that you said, like in terms of, you know, this is something that, you know, plays well in the Asian market, the gamification aspects of it and so on. You know, for, for me, the kind of two things that really jump out about the story, you know, f first is, is that, um, you know, where it's happening and the tie in with the Olympic athletes and all of that, you know, given the currently the games is, is still scheduled to go ahead in Tokyo. Um, and, you know, I, I find it fascinating to me that, you know, a, a movement like the Olympics where normally in a normal non-COVID time, there'd be advertising everywhere. Brands would be all over this thing, you know, from McDonald's to, you know, Coca-Cola to this, you know, toy company to whatever. Um, and I don't know about you, but we, I just haven't seen any anything going on in terms of brand tie-ins to the Olympics um, and so on, right? Right now, there'd be TV commercials running, you know, about it by now, you know, promoting it with with brand, you know, uh, sponsorships and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I like that at least Procter & Gamble is trying to do something, you know, albeit locally in, in, the, in, in the regional markets there. Uh, to try and sort of, you know, have some connections to the athletes and tie in and so on. So, so I'm happy about that. And I guess from on the tech side of thing, you know, the, the facial recognition sort of uh, skin scanning uh, component of this, I like, I, I think it's, 
you know, it's it's not, you know, mind-blowing new tech out there, but the way that they're sort of deploying it where it's not like there's no eye contact required on the facial recognition piece. It's really a, a scan of the skin and it's looking for those sort of minor fluctuations in, in the skin and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think that's really kind of cool that they can come up with an assessment and a recommendation of a particular you know, skin product obviously tied into their, you know, their offering, uh, you know, the SK2 uh, product line. So I like that as well. So, so I think it's interesting. I think it's got some, some legs, uh, you know, and finally somebody's doing something, you know, around the Olympics because it's happening. So um, that's kind of cool. So, all right, on to our second story. So one of our favorite LBMA members and brands that's always doing cool things uh, is Burger King. And they're at it again. Uh, they've teamed up this time with Rovio, the makers of Angry Birds. And they've launched a sort of gamification uh, campaign as well. So using a web-based augmented reality platform from a company called Zapper, uh, they've launched this sort of experience uh, around the jun uh, King Junior Kid Meals. Um, and so basically smartphone users uh, scan QR codes on Burger King's, uh, you know, the toys that come uh, in the packaging, the box packaging, the signage inside uh, participating locations. Uh, and when you do that, it activates this mobile game. I, I think one of the cool things about this is that you don't need to go and download some special AR app or anything like that to do this. It's web-based. So, you know, it's, it's basically initiated through that QR code scan. We know QR codes are hot right now for so many different things. So I like that. And I think it really makes this uh, game and this, this platform super scalable and accessible by, by many. Um, and so, you know, the, the game dynamics, you know, for anybody who's played Angry Birds, for me, it's been a while. But basically, you know, there's these sort of challenges they've created um, where you have to defend these 3D eggs from waves of AR hatchlings, they say, that are trying to steal them, uh, and you tap on the hatchlings to move them away or use catapults to slime them uh, or whatever. But all of this is happening in a web-based AR environment. Um, and I think it's really cool. I think it's, uh, it's a neat way to engage and, uh, and do something I think that you know, uh, many, many people can, can take advantage of and, and have access to because of that web-based nature. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. It's fun. Um, you know, and we've seen other QSRs do Angry Birds. Uh, you know, we've seen McDonald's did that several years ago where they had something where you had to go into the store and, you know, participate. I think there was probably a download in that case. And so, like you mentioned, I echo the fact that I think it's really great that they are doing this web-based. There's no actual download. Um, and it's also, you know, it's fun. I think that this is like geared towards kids. So, you know, people are saying like, let's go get a kid's meal. Let's go through the drive-through because we can do this. We don't necessarily have to go in and engage. And I like all of those aspects of it. It kind of makes me think that, um, you know, this is something fun. Maybe I'll do this with my kids this weekend and maybe try, what is that? The impossible burger or something that they have there. So it'll be yeah. like, you know, <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is good, you know, and it's crazy that Angry Birds is still going, right? Because you've had like the movies and, you know, the video games and everything, and it just continues to stick around. So, um, I mean, I know my kids really enjoy the movies too. So I think this is fun. And I like that, um, again, that they're just making it like super easy to interact with. Yeah, to totally. And I, and I think that like, you know, Angry Birds is, you know, one of those games that, 
it's so easy. It, it, it it's, it's, you know, there, there's an addictive level to it, like all, like many games out there. And, and yeah, I think the McDonald's example you referenced, I mean, that was something, a project we, we were actually involved in many years ago in China, uh, where you had to go into the location and basically by being physically inside of the McDonald's locations uh, and connected to the Wi-Fi networks, you could download sort of uh, additional levels of the game that would, normally you would have to pay for after you got through all the free ones. So, I you know I, I love that uh, you know sort of Rovio's uh, and Angry Birds is you know is is got some uh, some staying power. So pretty cool. All right, before we jump into the the last two stories, uh, as I said at the beginning, we did have a guest th uh, this week. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with Mark Michael, who's co-founder and CEO of an LBMA member company called DevHub. Um, and, um, you know, they've been doing some, some pretty uh, cool things and growing uh, well during the, uh, the pandemic, uh, so much so that they uh, uh, are very excited to make an announcement about an acquisition uh, that will give them some presence on the East Coast in New York. So uh, here's Mark Michael to tell us a little bit more about it and, and their, uh, their new acquisition of Brickwork Software. Alrighty, I am very excited because we have a special guest on our show this week. Uh, his name is Mark Michael. He's the CEO and co-founder of a well-known LBMA member company called DevHub. Mark, how are you? Welcome. Good. Thanks, Tassif. Love the LBMA. To me, it was the first uh, industry conference that actually let me speak. So I, I always, I, I have a blind loyalty to all of the LBMA members as well as you and Abriana. Yeah, well, we're excited to uh, to connect with you again. Uh, you have a bit of a uh, uh, a news announcement we're going to discuss today. Uh, but before we get into that, just for maybe the five people out there who've never heard of you, um, you know, who is DevHub? Where are you guys based? What are you all about? Cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so DevHub is a platform used by just over 179 plus brands and or uh, advertising agencies that use our tools to build a lot of what we call experiences. So sites, landing pages, and whatnot. In the local world, those look like a store finder, uh, multi-sites, TMS, or individual store pages. Awesome. And you're based in Seattle? We are, as of this second, based in Seattle. Awesome. Awesome. I like it. So uh, the reason uh, we're connecting today and we wanted to kind of bring you onto the show is you have uh, a bit of uh, an announcement to make, which is you've you've made an acquisition. So tell us a little bit about that and kind of, you know, what's behind it, why you did it, who it is uh, and kind of what it means for uh, for your company. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Asif. Um, so, yeah, DevHub acquired Brickwork Software, this is the official purchase agreement right here, based out of NYC. If you never heard of Brickwork Software, uh, to us, they were the pioneer in retail tech in terms of driving in-store actions uh, by the consumer, namely appointment setting and event management. So if you heard the intro of what DevHub does, which was store pages, multi-site CMS, um, Obviously, marrying that with an action that can actually take place in store uh, is what you know we're obviously really, really excited about, especially coming out of this post-pandemic. Uh, 
Can you tell us anything uh, a little bit about kind of the deal or the size of the company or kind of who's sticking around? So, or, you know? Right. So, I mean, what what was amazing about Brickwork was the brands that they were able to pick up in the years that, that you know, they were operating. I mean, there's everything from Nike to Chanel to David Yurman and uh, they're a team out of uh, New York City, uh, which we hope to retain a lot of them as well as open up reopen the brickwork office there in Soho, New York. Uh, the, the, obviously the terms of the deal, according to our lawyers, uh, obviously if Steve knows, I like to just tell everything kind of as it is, so I can sleep like a baby at night. But this one, they told me like, I have to actually keep my mouth shut. Um, but it was, it was a significant deal in terms of like the culture fit between, you know, what was brickwork and then, Dev Hub, and I think how we're planning on rolling this out and bringing it out to current Brickwork customers as well as Dev Hub partners um, as this shakes out. Obviously, I'll update kind of the LBMA community too. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think from you know on the surface, I mean, it sounds like uh, you know two two obvious things I see with this. One is it gives you sort of physical presence east coast west coast uh new york and seattle um so that's kind of you know really great from that point of view people on on both uh, on both coasts in, in in that sense um and then i i think too like what you described of kind of your core of you know store pages and locators and and all that sort of stuff that you guys you know do extremely well um, but now kind of bringing to that the direct connection to the brands, you know, that Brickwork was working with um, and sort of that sort of moving it, you know, sort of closing the loop, if you will, in terms of, you know, driving the traffic in the one hand, what you're doing, you know, to the physical location. And now like being able to actually take that traffic and, and look at conversion and monetization and, you know, sort of you know, bring the brickwork element of it together all into sort of one ecosystem and, and one offering. And I think that's, you know, to me, really, really unique, because if you look around at, you know, the others in your uh, segment, um, you know, most of them, you know, are strictly dealing with that online you know, SEO, SEM, optimization, uh, you know, locators and all that sort of stuff. They're not playing in the physical bricks and mortar environment. Um, and I think this is this is a really interesting and unique uh, time to be doing that, right? You know, we're one of the things that we see at the LBMA is, is a, a huge amount of activity in, um, you know, buy online, pick up at store, uh, you know, a lot of, um, uh, you know, platforms out there like Glimpse and others that, you know, that are LBMA members where, where we're seeing a lot of activity in, uh, you know, SDKs and things going into retailer apps to kind of drive ordering and delivery uh, and restaurants engagement and all that sort of stuff in terms of knowing where that customer is. And I think this is an element that's been sort of missing in, in you know, sort of connecting the dots, if you will, in, 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 the, in the industry. And I really like kind of the approach that you're taking. Any, any kind of thoughts on kind of where you see the industry going from here? Can you write that up for us as like a blog post or something? I mean, you just did it. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's why we're excited. I mean, the other, the other, I guess, component, like you said, SDKs, AP, like the one thing that DevHub has always been ridiculously good at is just staying agnostic. Like we always want our partners and the brands that we work with to win all the time. So like we never built something to just be static for 2013 or whatever. I mean, now we're in 2021. And so like, 
what that experience can be beyond a store page or a finder like that's like whatever i mean that's still like foundational for every <laughs> brick and mortar retailer multi-location brand whatever you want to call it basics you got to have that done we got your back on that front but then what those experiences can be beyond just that page right like like you said buy and pick up in store like amazing that right now if because i'm a little bit of an impulsive shopper uh, that i can't shop let's say you know nike town seattle and actually see what's in store and either purchase it right this second and walk over there because it's four blocks away have Uber just deliver it to me for like two seconds, you know, let me pay an extra 15 bucks because I just, I want it now. Or three, just have it shipped to me, you know, and because it's that close, if they can drop it in the mail by end of day, I should have it anyway by tomorrow or the next day. But the fact that, that those integrations or those capabilities don't exist, you know, is where I think a big opportunity for us working with some of these brands direct as well as through partners to be able to offer and control the narrative of where these local experiences can actually go, which is what obviously we're excited yeah. about. So, so completely agree with that. And, and I think there's a massive opportunity to kind of bring those, you know, those experiences together and, and, and kind of change, you know, what it means for the consumer, right? At the end of the day, uh, in terms of, you know, enhancing that experience and making it, you know, just quality, you know, from beginning to end. Um, so just kind of last thing, kind of looking into your crystal ball. I mean, you guys did this, this acquisition, you know, it, it makes sense for you. It, it, it makes sense for the offering kind of coming together. Do you see further activity uh, coming later this year? You know, if you look, you know, for the rest of the year or into next year, do you think there's going to be other acquisitions in the industry? Do you think there's a bit of a roll up opportunity going on? Uh, have, you know, anything that you're aware of that you want to share? Selfishly, if we were, you know, uh, funded, let's say in that way, I know exactly what I would roll up um, because we're doing it our own way. Um, I 100% believe there has to basically be roll ups because I think some of the players and what I would kind of call like local search, you know, um, like and even a little bit retail tech, but not the back end side, the front end side, but um, uh, like there's just a lot of overlap one and then two because of that maybe competition like a lot of what's being offered is kind of like a commodity like you're just checking a box and so um i think whoever got to a certain scale and just got burnt out will probably get acquired um and the people who are just scaling with money that they raised like they have you know, the clock's ticking on them too. So either A, they need to exit or diversify their offering and go after a new segment of brands, go after healthcare, you know? Um, and so, yeah, no, 100%, there has to be. Awesome. I mean, I'm surprised. Well, well, you know, as always, we we really appreciate you taking the time and to to come and kind of update us on what's going on with DevHub. We're really excited for you. Congratulations on the uh, on this acquisition of uh, Brickwork Software. I think it's just uh, a brilliant move, and uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna serve you guys really well and kind of bring you into kind of a whole a whole new realm, man, of uh, of opportunity. So, uh, congrats. Say hi to Daniel for me and. Uh, you know, wishing you guys the best for uh, for, the, for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, thank you, Steve. Like I said, you were the second person I texted after it happened. Um, <laughs> so, after your again, wife. Blind loyalty. <laughs> blind loyalty. I don't know why. Again, you gave us the uh, the podium, and I'll never forget it. So thank you so much.
So great to connect, man. Uh, stay well, yep. stay healthy and safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ditto. Bye. Yep. All right. Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate you coming on the show. It's always great to see you. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to hopefully uh, seeing you in person soon at uh, uh, an upcoming LBMA conference once we can get things moving again. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Mark, we miss you. We need to get together again. When is this all over so we can all go back to Seattle? Yeah. Those were fun days. Um, okay, so on to our next story. So we're gonna move over to Moment Feed. And I, I know that we talked about them not too long ago and there's lots of, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stories around the topic of, of photo recognition or, um, you know, localized photos and search. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that kind of trending right now between social as well as uh, proximity search, which is Moment Feed. So they do proximity search optimization. Um, and they announced a new offering called Enhanced Local Photos. So, what this does is it helps those businesses that have multiple locations to scale and really maximize the SEO value of their location specific, um, you know, images on Google, Apple Maps, Yelp, all of the above, um, all the different discovery networks. So, you know, feed is one of those that is streamlining those multiple locations and looking at things, I think, like ratings and all those others. So now they are kind of expanding this out to be inclusive of those photos as they tie to specific locations. Um, so basically, they're saying that SEO friendly images um, are, are very important to organic search and, and rankings as well. Um, they cited some research that said that businesses with at least one Google My Business photo receive 42% more requests for directions. And obviously, the more photos that are available, you know, the better those, those numbers are. And, um, you know, they were saying that brands that have more than 100 images on Google My Business experience 520% more calls. I mean, 2,700% more, you know, direction requests and 1,000% more website clicks than the average business. So obviously it's very important. You know, I think that picture is worth a thousand words, right? So they are just like really amping this up. Um, so, you know, basically the reason for this is that it can be really difficult when you have multiple locations to take this sort of like do-it-yourself approach where you're just make, making sure that you're handling the imagery across all of those platforms um, and across all those different locations. So they'll keep the content libraries, they'll keep things updated. Um, and it just will streamline the entire like photo um, experience. So it won't be so cumbersome and just make it super simple, um, you know, for consumers to find them and see the images uh, across all those platforms. So, you know, not really like a groundbreaking thing, but obviously those numbers and the effect that having accurate images across multiple locations can provide, you know, for the enhanced amount of foot traffic it's driving, phone calls, website visits, all of those things um, is really important. So I think this is a great feature. Obviously, with you, you know, with a company that may have multiple locations, it could be really complicated to not, to not only manage the local listing and the reviews and all those things, but also the, the photography that goes along with it. That's driving people to kind of know, like, what does this location look like inside? Or I don't know, something as simple as do they have a, a playground at this one? Or, you know, what are the offerings they have? Mm -hmm. So all of that, I think is super helpful. Um, and it makes sense, you know, for anybody that's managing multiple, multiple locations to go through 
um, and take a and take a look at how they can drive more business. So. Yeah, I think this is really cool. I think I think it's it's timely. I think that you know right now when everything's online and everything's you know sort of e-commerce and you know sort of pre-order and all that kind of stuff, you know, really focusing. You know, if you're a retailer or you're a business with locations, you know, um, everything you can do to optimize, you know, what your appearance online, you know, looks like, you know, is important right now. And I think that uh, from a visual perspective, you know, photos, you know. Uh, you know, play a huge role in that. You know, what I like about this is that it, it's sort of, they, they've, they've kind of put together a service here that's not just, hey, you know, we're, we're sort of managing the, you know, sort of the optimization from a search point of view of that, but obviously that's a huge component of it, but it, it's kind of like a, a, a full turnkey service. Like they'll, you know, they've got, you know, somebody who's your dedicated photo manager, they'll arrange for local photographers to take the photos for you. It's sort of uh, like this whole sort of packaged up service. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, if I think about it from the perspective of a small business, um, yeah, I want to be found. Yes, you know, I, I can recognize the value of images and photos and, and having high quality, you know, content that will drive traffic and eyeballs to what I'm doing. But I don't necessarily have the resources to kind of, you know, organize all of that and, and figure out, you know, how, how to do that best. So if you can package that up for me and kind of put it all together, I think that makes a ton of sense. So I like it from that point of view. And I think, you know, you know, whether, you know, what Mark just talked about with what, uh, you know, they're doing with, with DevHub and, and the Brickwork software acquisition and kind of doing this sort of online to offline sort of connectivity pieces. I think you know, on the online part of it, I think what, what these guys are talking about here with their enhanced photo uh, service, I think makes a ton of sense too. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what this might mean for you know, the industry and, and in particular for, for small business uh, who you know, just aren't able to do this kind of stuff on their own. So mm -hmm. I like it. All right, our final story uh, is an interesting one for me personally. So Ford, uh, the car company, has patented a new system for billboard uh, connected in-car advertising. Um, and so um, basically what they're, what, the way the patent describes it is a method for generating a billboard interface for a vehicle display that includes obtaining via a camera an image of a billboard and then identifying via a processor a segment of that image. So that's like a lot of gobbledygook technical speak. But essentially what they're saying is, look, you know, using cameras that are in the vehicle, because, you know, many, most cars, most modern cars now have cameras, dashboard cams and all sorts of cameras going on. So using those kind of cameras that are there as a vehicle is on the highway and you know, it sees a billboard on the horizon, it can analyze that billboard and the imagery and, and segments of that imagery and then translate that into something that can be turned into an ad that can be displayed in the infotainment system. Um, and so why I'm, I'm intrigued by this and I'm excited about it is you might remember, uh, Brianna, like some years ago, uh, you know, when we we're doing all those LBMA sort of pilot projects and experiments, we actually did a project where we uh, kind of put together a billboard company. And uh, in this particular case, we worked at, at that time with Tom, Tom and Garmin um, and McDonald's and basically kind of ran this experimental campaign where the car was driving along, no cameras involved in this, but the car was driving along. And then you would see the billboard for McDonald's on the horizon. 
we had sort of kind of logged these particular billboards um, and, and sort of knew what content was on them. And then, you know, basically as using a sensor as the car passed that billboard, we would then deliver an ad for McDonald's with an offer and a coupon directly into the TomTom or Garmin uh, system at that time. Um, sort of, you know, just as the car passes by with directions on how to go and redeem. So that was like sort of like really rudimentary kind of mashup of technology and stuff going on. This is obviously much more integrated and, and easier to, to accomplish, you know, using cameras and other things uh, in there. And it's not some third party navigation system. It's the built in, you know, sort of navigation you know, inf infotainment system that's going on here. So. You know, I love, first of all, I, I think this makes a ton of sense. And I think we're going to see a lot of sort of uh, shifting in the telematics and, and in-car infotainment systems in the coming years, especially as, as you know, we move more and more to self-driving vehicles, uh, meaning that, you know, the sort of occupants of the vehicle have much more uh, free time, dwell time, you know, that they don't have to be paying attention to the road necessarily. So they're, they're sort of primed for, you know, advertising, if you will, and that kind of thing. So I, I do think, I, I think it, it, it says two things to me. It says, you know, there's an opportunity to drive, you know, uh, a monetization uh, opportunity within the vehicles uh, from an advertising point of view. And two is, is I think it, it, it creates a new revenue stream for the out-of-home industry overall to kind of blend in with this and, and tie into this. So, you know, I expect you're going to see, you know, Lamar and Clear Channel and CBS Outdoor and, and all these companies, you know, really start to play uh, heavily in this space and, uh, you know, all sorts of partnerships with different car companies, you know, along the way. That being said, you know, the concept of this has been around, you know, like obviously Waze does this for a living, right? Um, and, um, you know, it's not necessarily directly tied to a billboard, but, you know, they're running, you know, sort of, relevant geo-based ads, you know, in your, uh, you know, Waze navigation system all the time. So, uh, but overall, I, I like the concept of this and I think it's a, it's a good move by Ford. So I have a slightly different take on this. Um, I think that this is, this is a little bit complicated for me from a consumer perspective um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that when you use Waze, you're downloading a free app. It is a service that you get to use in exchange for those advertising dollars. And that's how they monetize the platform, right? So the value add for me is I get great directions. I get up-to-date, you know, um, you know, crowdsourced information about what's going on. Um, and I don't mind the advertising. It's not like super in your face or uncomfortable because it's not distracting. When I think about this application, at least, you know, high level, I think it, there's a few challenges. One, you paid for that car as a consumer. Therefore, you should not have to interact with advertising if you do not want to. Um, and I think that that's a different case and, and scenario. The other thing that I was thinking about is this is basically like ACR or um, automatic content recognition, you know, that they're doing with televisions and things like that yeah. um, to say like what advertising we viewed and, you know, viewership trends and understanding that um, at an aggregate at a whole, but they're doing this now in real life. So I think that the technology is really cool and could be powerful. Um, but I think from a consumer experience, it's sloppy and it's not going to be, I, I doubt that they'll put this into production, right? Maybe they're just trying to 
grab up a patent before anybody else can on this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely can see the, um, the application of using consumer and audience data to reflect digital out of home and billboards, you know, whether that's something that's more of like a 30 day stretch or, you know, changing things in real time based upon the, the demographics or, you know, the type of audience that's passing by at certain times. But when you're bringing that into my car, into my like space, my mind space, I have a problem with that. So I don't know, this is interesting, like, but, but also, like you said, you know, if we're going to have more self-driving cars and more relaxation time and we'll be entertaining ourselves in the cars a little bit differently rather than focusing on driving and you know accomplishing all of our to-do lists and we can multitask a little more maybe that changes but i'm not sure yeah. it's a stretch for me <laughs> yeah i think it's a fair point right i think in today's environment yeah i i think it's it is but the potential is there for distraction right but i think as as we transition into that kind of environment right i think it uh it, it opens up that opportunity, right, for for that advertising and that entertainment uh, aspect of things. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. So that's it, folks. That's our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 517 of Location Weekly. We thank you, as always, for your time um, and we appreciate it. And uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us. If you have feedback, we want to hear that, about that, too. And give us some love on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on uh, or social media. We would appreciate it. So uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,